welcome to the Bikers Church Midrand Podcast. It's great to have you join us for this week's episode. We hope that you find this valuable for your daily life. Welcome and thank you for joining us again this week. We Are The Church is the series that we've been busy with. And uh, when we say the word church, I know you have an idea as to what that means. I have an idea as to what that means. But through this series, we've really just looked at what did Jesus mean when he said church. And we've shown that Jesus meant a people and not a place. As he spoke, he also referred to his people very specifically. He referred to them as disciples, followers. And there's this word Christian that gets used about three times in in Scripture that we use so often today, but yet Jesus didn't refer to us as his disciples. Now, if as Christians, (laughs) but if you like the word Christian, I'm not going to jump all over you whatsoever. During this message today, I'm going to speak about Christians, and I'm going to speak about disciples, and it's really just to draw a contrast between the way that two groups of people who tend to live under the same banner want to live. Um, So just to draw a contrast, it's not to get you all freaked out, I promise. There's this thing called loopholes, and and you know what a loophole is. I know what a loophole is because we love loopholes. Uh, In fact, we all use loopholes all the time. And essentially, a loophole is just a, a, a way to get around a law or a rule. Uh, we know that, that, that loopholes start pretty young. Loopholes pro- start pretty young. Uh, you, you may think of a moment where, where your mom may have been pretty upset with you uh, as she, she looks at you and, and she's frustrated with you. You're looking at her and going, um, wait a minute, you asked if their parents were going to be home. And I knew that like, eventually their parents were going to be home. So when you said, are their parents going to be home? I said, yes, their parents are going to be home. I just meant eventually. You never asked me if their parents were going to be home during the party. So technically, I didn't lie to you. And that's a loophole. You see, Christians love loopholes. We love them, man. All religious people love loopholes. Because you see, all religious people have a book or, or, or a, a, a set of, of beliefs and a belief system um, that we use not always to, to measure how we should live, but ultimately we use it to, to kind of find these loopholes to excuse the way we want to live. And loophole Christians ask, how can I get out of this? How can I get out of doing it this way or living this way? It makes me uncomfortable and I'd like to rather not. So how can I get out of doing this? But if you're a follower of Jesus, I believe that as followers of Jesus, we need to be asking better questions. You see, loophole Christians love theology. 
uh, we use theology to, to, to build a barricade between what Scripture says and how we want to live. One of my favorite ones is, is um, whenever people come and talk to me about tithing, and I often get this one, someone will, will walk up to me and say, you know, tithing is like this Old Testament teaching. It's an Old Testament principle, and, and we're in the New Testament. Like, I don't, have to, I don't have to tithe. I live in the New Testament. And isn't that just such a cool little loophole? Because technically... <laughs> There is truth to what they are saying, and that's a loophole. See, a, a, a loophole comes down to, yes, technically you're right. So that parent saying, technically you're right. I didn't ask if the parents were going to be there during the party, but you definitely know what I meant. Being a loophole Christian is exceptionally dangerous. You see, we, we also use theology to build a barrier between people and how we should treat them. All kinds of atrocities have been done in the name of theology. People have hated people with the Scripture. Uh, the, the Jews were persecuted with the Scripture Black people were enslaved with a scripture. People have hated gay people with a scripture. And people have, have found a way to hate and mistreat the people that Jesus died for by using the words of his father. It's like, it's like we slip into the space where we go, you know what, just give me a minute. I'm sure I can find a scripture that can justify the way I want to live. A couple of years ago, I found myself in, in a conversation, myself and my wife with another couple. And we were talking to this couple, and this guy was actually being quite vulnerable, just talking about how he struggled with racism. And uh, as he spoke through his struggle, I, I was able to just chat with him a bit, and I mean, quite honestly, I thought we had an awesome time. I thought we had like a real breakthrough moment as I just spoke to him around the parable of the Good Samaritan and how Jesus was using that to speak into racism, you know, the, the, the racial tension between Samaritans and, 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 uh, and Jews, and, and, and really that Jesus was, was showing who's your neighbor, who should you love, and, and showing that the Samaritan and the Jew, that they should love one another. And I just said to him, you know, so through this, Jesus shows how he hates racism and that we should all love each other. And the guy goes quiet on me for a moment, thinks. And then he looks at me and he says, you know, I'm sure that if I went and looked really hard, I could find a scripture that would justify the fact that I don't have to love them. And in that moment, my heart was just broken and I was actually kind of stumped. I was just like, what? How, how did we get there? And ultimately, folks, that's what loophole Christians do. Just give me a minute. I'm sure I can find a scripture that can justify 
the way I want to live. See, loophole Christians ask, how close to the line can I live without actually sinning? How close? I can remember as a, as a, as a kid, as a teenager, and you may have been in the same space, <clears throat> when girls became a thing in my life, I can remember like the raging question inside of me was like, so where's the line? And I'm like, like, where's this line? Like, I know there's a line. Clearly there's a line. But where's this line? And I can remember one of, uh, an authoritative person in my life was like, okay, there's the neckline and there's the knee line. And between those lines, not touchy, right? Like, that's it. Like, neckline, knee line, nothing in between. And trust me, I lived on top of those lines as much as I possibly could. And I'm not boasting in that. I'm just saying that that was human nature in that moment. And, and loophole Christians live in that space where it's like, how close to the line can I actually live without sinning? But I believe that, that as followers of Jesus, again, we should be asking better questions. And Jesus came across this kind of thinking all the time. The law of Moses was, was, was given to, to, the, to the Israelites. And, and as the law of Moses is given to them, uh, years later, Jesus comes on the scene. And between Moses and Jesus, um, the religious leaders had essentially um, made up a whole lot of other rules to stop people from breaking the rules. Um, they were so in love with the commands that they had forgotten about the intent and the intention of the commander. So they came up with extra commands to stop people from breaking the commands, extra rules to stop people from breaking the rules. Now, the truth be told, you and I, we do that too. We also make up rules to, to stop people from breaking the rules. Think about this. Again, go back to that sort of time frame. You just start dating. Maybe your girlfriend or your boyfriend comes over to, to the house. Um, you go and you watch a movie. You're alone in the room with them. Mom and dad are in another part of the house or another room, and you think it's the best idea to switch the light off. So you flick the light off, and there you are, two teenagers alone in the dark watching a movie. Mom walks in. All she sees is two teenagers alone in the dark watching a movie, and what's the first thing she does? She flips on that light switch and she's like, who turned off the lights? In this house, we have a rule. Thou shalt not turn off the lights. And you're like, what? Since when don't we turn off the lights? Like last night, we turned off all the lights. Like, in fact, you are always on my case. It's like, Please, just switch off the lights. Switch off the lights. It's because we don't switch off the lights that we experience so much load shedding. Just switch off the lights. And now, all of a sudden, we've gone from we all switch off the lights to thou shalt not switch off the lights. Like, what is up with that? And all mom's thinking is, you are blue, she is red, and we do not want purple. So because we don't want purple, we're putting all sorts of other rules in place to prevent us from breaking that rule. So by the time Jesus shows up, there are hundreds of rules that these leaders have built into place to ensure that the commands that God had put in place don't get broken. 
But the religious leaders had put the same value on their laws as what they did on the original commands of God. And this conversation that Jesus is about to have with these religious leaders, I believe you and I should pay very close attention to what he's saying. I really want you to lean in to what he's about to say. In Matthew 15, he says, Then some Pharisees and teachers of religious law, so right there, the, the Pharisees and, and teachers of religious law, like they are experts in the law, came to Jesus from Jerusalem. And Jerusalem was just like the, the epicenter of the law in those days, um, of, of theological law. Um, so these guys come up to Jesus and they ask, why do your disciples break the traditions of the elders? And we'll explain the tradition of the elders now. They don't wash their hands before they eat. Now, maybe you're a parent like myself of a, of a little guy and you're thinking to yourself, thank you, Jesus. Finally, I have a scripture that says that we need to wash hands before we eat. I can show my kids. Folks, that's a loophole. That's not real. Okay, you're probably thinking, thank God now if I can just find one for brushing teeth. I'm in the same boat. If you find one, phone me. All right, but um, truth be told, that's not what it meant in the moment at all. No. See, the tradition of the elders was this body of law that, that they'd put together over the years. And this thing of, of washing hands was ultimately a a ceremonial process that priests and leaders had to go through before they ate. And they had to wash their hands kind of like a surgeon from the tips of their fingers right down to their elbow, you know, just scrub themselves down. But somewhere along the line, they figured it was a good idea to impose this law on everyone, on all the Jews. And as they do that, um, you can imagine it's, it's quite a schlep. It's, we don't just have to do it. Now everyone has to do it. But the bottom line is, it's their law that they made up, that they imposed on the people. And then they say to Jesus, man, why, why don't your disciples follow this law? And Jesus just ignores the question outright. And it's like he, 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 he says, you know, I, I have a better question for you. This is what he says. Jesus replied, and why do you break the command of God. So he's like, I'm not talking about some command that you made up, some law that you made up. No, here's a command of God and you are breaking it for the sake of your tradition. For God said, not you said, like God said, honor your father and mother. And anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. So what Jesus is really saying here is, he said, you're upset that myself and my guys, that we're, that we're breaking a rule and a law that you made. But yet, in the same breath, you are breaking one of the original commands that God had given us. He carries on, he says, but you say, and what he's implying there by, but you say, is he's pointing out that they have taken theology and they have twisted it in a way that it lines up and suits their agenda. They're misusing the command and they are forgetting the commander. They found a loophole. He says, but you say that if anyone declares 
that what might have been used to help their father or mother is devoted to God, they are not to honor their father or mother with it. Here's what Jesus is getting to. God had originally in his commands said that we should honor our father and our mother. And here these guys have realized, the religious leaders, they've realized, man, there's no time stamp on this thing. Like there's no set date to this. So, so I've got to honor my, my father and my mother. Like as a kid, that was cool. I'm getting older now. So are they. They're getting frail. Like all of a sudden I'm having to pay all kinds of bills that I wasn't really prepared for. And they realized this is getting expensive. So what they did was they went back to the law, they found a law, they twisted it to use it for their own benefit, and they figured out that if they dedicate everything to God, that ultimately when a parent would come to them, they could say, you know, mom, dad, oh, I'd love to help you. You, you need money for, for, for this or for that. I'm so sorry. I'd love to help you. But ultimately, I've dedicated everything to God. It's no longer mine, so I can't give it to you. If I, if I take from this, I'll be robbing God. And they manufactured a rule to allow them to not support their parents by making it look like they were honoring God. And Jesus called them on it immediately. Here's what he says. He says, you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. It's like you, you are nullifying the word of God so that you can live out your own agenda. Now, before we jump all over the Pharisees, we do this all the time. You see, we use these, these unclear scriptures and then we take the clear scriptures and we, we fog them over. <laughs> We, we take these moments in Scripture where it's like, well, I think you could look at it maybe like this. If you just used it in this way, then maybe it could say, and we twist it to suit our agenda. And then there are these Scriptures that stare us dead in the face, and we ignore them. All so that it can suit our own agenda. So at this moment, this is one of those moments where us as followers of Jesus can ask one of those really good questions. And in this case, maybe the good question is, so Jesus, what do you think about this? And he answers us immediately right here. And, and the next thing he says in this portion of Scripture is he says, you hypocrites. You hypocrites. You see, the truth is, ladies and gentlemen, Jesus doesn't like it when we use his Father's words to avoid doing his Father's will. And unfortunately, Christians do this all the time. We're seeing it at the moment. We, we see this group of, of predominantly white Christians pushing a political agenda using scripture. And we see a predominantly black um, group of Christians using scripture to push their own political agenda. And we, we look at the two different groups and we kind of go, man, are we reading the same Bible? You see, somewhere along the line, it's like we've fallen in love 
with a command and with some of the commands. And we've missed the intent of the commander. And that's just one issue. We are seeing several issues like this. That is why it's, it's, it's so easy to find Christians on the extreme of each argument all the time. Because we find loopholes and we realize we can pick and choose and ultimately behave any way that we want. But as the church, as, as the people of God, as disciples, as followers of Jesus, man, we need to be asking better questions. And I think a good question here is, what did Jesus say about this? And as Jesus speaks into this, it's like he says, man, forget, forget the commands for a moment. Now, I, I just want to focus in on the intent of the commander. And here's what he says in John 13, 34. He says, a new command I give you. Love one another. That's it. That's the intent right there. A new command I give you. Love one another. How? Just as I have loved you. That's how you should love one another. And it's by this one thing that everyone around you will know that you are my followers. That you are my disciples. If you love one another. And there Jesus shows the intent of the Father. Years later, Paul would step into that space and, 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 and he, would, he would continue with that as he speaks to a church in Rome. He says, let no debt remain outstanding. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. You see, what, what Paul's saying there is, you can pay off any debt, but if there's one debt that you cannot pay off, it is the debt that you owe to the person next to you of always loving them. He carries on, he says, for whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. Again, guys, this is, this is Paul, man. This is a Pharisee. This is a, like he was trained in the law. And here this expert of the law says that if we love each other, we have fulfilled the law. He carries on, he says, the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and whatever other command there may be are summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Sound familiar? See, he's just repeating the words of Jesus where men come up to Jesus and say, hey, what do we need to do to inherit eternal life? Like, what do we need to do to, to do this, to do life with you forever? And Jesus says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. But that's only the first part. There's a second part, and it's tough. <laughs> love your neighbor as you love yourself. In other words, following Jesus means having no loopholes. His command to love is too simple. It's too direct. It's, 
It's, it's, it's just too direct to, to ignore or to avoid or to, to take out of context. See, folks, disciples don't look for loopholes. Disciples don't see how close to this line can I actually live without sinning. No. Disciples ask a different question. They say, how close to Jesus can I get? How close to Jesus can I love? Religious people use the Bible like a hammer, but followers of Jesus use the Bible as a mirror. To, to have those moments with God and say, Lord, how much closer to Jesus can I be? Like, how much of this must go and how much of what's in here can I still get in? How much of Jesus can I still get into me? See, disciples wake up every morning and they ask probably the best question we can ask. And the question is this, what does love require of me? What does love require of me? In the light of what's happening around me, what does love require of me? In the, in the light of social injustice, what does love require of me? It, just imagine a husband and a wife living in that space where the husband looks at the wife and goes, what does love require of me? The wife looks at the husband and goes, what does love require of me? Imagine parenting this way. Uh, 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 Imagine friending this way. Imagine co-workering this way. Imagine, imagine neighboring this way. Imagine leading this way. Imagine if the leaders of our nation stopped and asked, what does love require of me? Ladies and gentlemen, even if they didn't, and just us mere mortals <laughs> lived in that space and, and lived with that question at the forefront of our minds, we would live in different neighborhoods. We would live in different communities. We would live in a different nation. Right now, you might have a million questions. And I'm going to try to answer it with just the statement. Aren't you glad that God didn't look for a loophole when it came to loving you? I know for sure I am. You see, I've got everything going for me. I grew up in a pastor's home. I, I grew up in a home where I was loved. I, I've got a loving wife and a loving son. And there's, there's everything's going for me. But still, even in that space where we're kind of like everything's going for me, I still do things daily that hurt the heart of God. And he has all the right in the world to look at me and go, you know, I'm sure there's a scripture for that. I'm sure there's a loophole somewhere that if I just looked at it this way, I wouldn't have to love this guy anymore, but he doesn't. He, he, his heart for me never changes and he never looks for a loophole when it comes to loving me. So how dare I look for a loophole when it comes to loving you? Yes, it's hard. And that's why they're people that call themselves Christians. And yet they love and, and, and do all kinds of harmful and hurtful things while quoting a scripture. But not the followers of Jesus. 
No, we wake up every day and we ask this really good question. What does love require of me? What if we just loved from that point of view? I wonder what's your next step? What's your next step? Are you constantly looking for loopholes to justify your behavior? You see, following Jesus means there are no loopholes. His command to love is too simple. It's too direct to be ignored or avoided or to be taken out of context. Ladies and gentlemen, today is the day to trade our loopholes for Jesus' command to love. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that we can respond to your love by in turn loving those around us, Lord. Lord, I thank you that you do not look for a loophole when it comes to loving us, Lord. And Lord, I thank you that we can come to you and connect to you and gain your heart for people and love them from that space. And I pray that as folks wrestle with us, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will come alongside them and just work in their hearts to the point where we can put aside our loopholes and respond to your love by loving the way that you have loved us. And in that way, be an accurate representation of your son, Jesus. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Just before we go, three questions to keep the conversation going. Are you a stickler for the rules? <laughs> or are you a rule breaker? How did that play out in your childhood? Number two, which part of the Bible are you most tempted to ignore and why? Thirdly, it's human nature to apply rules to other people more than we do to ourselves. How does Jesus command for us to love one another challenge that tendency? Please start that conversation with the people in your room. Carry that conversation through your week. We love you and we'll see you next week. Cheers. We trust that you found this message valuable. For more information on who we are or how you can get involved, please check out our website at bikerschurchmidrand.co.za or connect with us through social media on Facebook or Instagram. Beyond that, have a great day.